Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Well, it is Buckeye week on the racing scene, and that is the biggest race in Ohio. The Ohio Derby is going to take place. This is kind of the second season uh, for the three-year-olds. It's like everybody kind of uh, regroups. Uh, the Triple Crown's over, and now there's uh, you know different opportunities, chances to make money, and a lot of guys are shopping around for you know opportunities to get their horses ready. Um, war tested shall we say uh for the bigger races that are going to happen later this summer you know uh such as you know the jim dandy the travers uh and uh, so, so many of the, the big races on both the east and west coast and it'll be interesting to see who shows up my guess is that they're going to show up everywhere except for where Justify decides to show up. I think people will be dodging him left and right and try to make their money in other graded stakes events along the way. And then uh, hopefully they'll be peaking around Breeders' Cup time uh, in whatever division it turns out they're the strongest at. Other people will find out they've got sprinters. Some people find out they've got turf horses. And, uh, you know, Others will, uh, you know, found that their horses are dead routers and end up in the Breeders' Cup Marathon. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what develops. But the, the the Ohio Derby is one of those races that, you know, all of a sudden we see horses regrouping and maybe throwing out their Derby effort. Of course, uh, the two that are going to come to the top will be Flame Away and Lone Sailor. And joining me to break down the races at Thistledown is the gentleman that's been the on-air handicapper there, Rich Ruda. I think this is his 11th year. I'll have him correct me on air later. He'll be on at the bottom of the hour. Uh, But Rich Ruda is just a super guy. I'm going to be joining him up there at Thistledown on Saturday. Uh, We're also, since the two of us are pretty well-versed in uh, the connections uh, in the Buckeye State. We're going to be looking at uh, two nice races, uh, the George Lewis Memorial and the J. William Petro. Uh, of most interest is the George Lewis because this race last year, it's always held on uh, Kentucky, I mean, <laughs> Kentucky, <laughs> Ohio Derby Day, uh, went down to a head bob nose, and it was Leona's reward. She was a filly at the time. Now she's a mare. She has decided to take on the boys again in the George Lewis, and the horse that she nosed out in that race, ate the hard way, will be in the gate. He's listed at three to one. She's listed at five to two. Again, I'll have Rich Ruda, the in-house handicapper at Thistledown, to join me to break it down. And on Ohio Derby Day. They'll be celebrating the 50th anniversary. And 50 years ago, a gentleman I've gotten to know over the years who won the Kentucky Derby that same year, Mike Manganello rode Tay Vega 
to victory in the Ohio Derby. Now, I believe Mike is going to be feted somewhat, as, as he should be. Of course, most people remember him for Dust Commander instead of Tay Vega. But Mike's going to be up there. He's going to be given the trophy out in the Ohio Derby. I think it's great. Mike's done some sensational work. Oh, uh, staying involved with the permanently disabled Jackie's Fund. Uh, his wife Kitty. She's a dynamic woman, uh, and they hardly miss one of the events if they can get to it. Their homes in Lexington, Kentucky. But we're going to talk to Mike. You know, it's not that many guys that grow up uh, in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, that go on to uh, some of the, the heights that you know he has uh, numerous jockey titles. But he rode a lot up at Thistledown. Now, Thistledown had a couple meets because there was a racetrack literally across the street. It was called Cranwood. I want to talk to him about that because people said they used to lead horses across Emory Road, <laughs> which is the main road leading into Thistledown, uh, to compete at Thistledown and vice versa. And then they had another meet that was uh, called the Randall Park meet. And uh, Randall Park was considered uh, Cranwood, I believe. And uh, that ended up being the Randall Mall across the street from Thistledown. But that is what's going to happen with our guest. What a great race today. You know, this is the Ascot Week. I don't know how many of you have been getting up in the mornings and watching the races. Well, uh, Westward went over there loaded for bear, and uh, he, he'd been missing the big boy all week long. But all of a sudden, Shang, Shang, Shang beat the boys in the Norfolk Stakes. And as you know, there's a lot of different outlook, uh, outlets where you can see these races. You really need to go see this. Joel Rosario was up, and Shang, Shang, Shang led from flag fall to that's all. But that's all she had at the wire. She just lasted. It's a it's a grade two race at Royal Ascot. And what's really neat about this story, and Wes Ward's been on with us before, and I'm going to try to get him back on. But No Nay Never, trained by Wesley Ward, won this race in 2013. He is the sire of Shang 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 trained by Wesley Ward. Uh, I, I, I was there when Shang 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 broke her maiden to Keeneland. It was a maiden special going four and a half as a two-year-old, and she just blew him away. And uh, now he's been able to go over there and uh, win once again at Ascot. Uh, it was uh, Pocket Dynamo that ended up running in the second spot with uh, Land Force, another son of No Nay Never, rate a half link back in third. I mean, it was pretty much a very exciting photo finish. And, of course, it, it's over there, it's just a straightaway. So it's the gate gets open and, uh, you know, have at it. And Joel Rosario, Shang Shang Shang, uh, did, uh, it was uh, – 10 horses in the field. Again, she was the only filly. Five furlongs. It was firm, uh, 59 and four. Uh, the first horse to earn an automatic berth into the new Breeders' Cup Juvenile Sprint through the International Breeders' Cup Challenge. Win and you're in. It was the second win in the race for Rosario, who also rode No Nay Never. A lot of great storylines here. I'll be looking for him coming out in the racing publications as the, the, the days come ahead. Of course, Joel saying it's like a dream come true to be here. I'm really happy. I'm blessed. Uh, uh, of course, Wes had some disappointments. Um with uh, Lady Aurelia, who's crowned a European champion last year, and uh, highly regarded Chelsea Cloisters early in the week. Yeah, but he's feeling good now. He says, there's nothing like it. I'm excited. 
and to do it with this Phillies, unbelievable. I come here every year, but we we're kind of scratching our heads the last few days. We felt like, where were we? We were back at the beginning, wondering if we we're ever going to win, and uh, when they did. So congratulations to Wes Ward and the connections of Shang Shang Shang. All right, well, we might see a star of the future. It was unveiled. <laughs> Just this afternoon at Belmont Park, a $90,000 maiden special weight going a mile and a quarter on the turf. The horse's name was Osare. What's so special about her? Well, she's a half-sister to $17 million Arrowgate. That's right. Uh, she was kind of slow to come around. They didn't push her. She ran once at Tampa and finished fourth. And... Uh, so uh, they decided to uh, try her on the turf. Looked like she was one that wanted to go long, and obviously they were right. It'll be very interesting. She was uh, 18 to 5 in her Tampa debut, and I believe she had 6 to 1 today. Now, her damn bubbler was a three time stakes winner. They got a deal on this horse. She only went for $300,000. So, uh, boy, and, you know, being a Philly, if she doesn't win another race, she's worth a couple million bucks, that's for sure. So I have to arrogate wins. Well, uh, last week uh, we went down. It was Stephen Foster night at Churchill Downs. Some interesting races on the card. It was fun to just kind of kick back Saturday night and enjoy the races on television. The winner of the mile and a 16th grade two, Wise Dan, a horse I liked. Mr. Misunderstood. Wow. What a great late rally uh, to nail Inspector Lindley, a seven to one shot. They did bet Mr. Misunderstood. I thought I was going to get some really good odds. I thought it was placed at about, I'm going to say six to one, seven to one early on. Well, the wise guys got on it. Florent Giroux in the saddle. Horse for course has never been beaten on the Churchill turf and has never been beaten at the distance. So congratulations to the connections, Brad Cox and Florent Jaru. Uh, in the third spot was Mr. Cub, who uh, looked like he gave him the slip early, set all the pace, but did get caught. Okay, so that was the wise Dan, the grade two. And then uh, leading up to the Stephen Foster, it was the Fleur de Lis handicap for the ladies, a win in your in race. And the winner was the Argentinian bred blue prize two to one this horse is always there now has 14 career starts five wins seven seconds remember the name blue prize who came in from argentina just loves the churchill strip and don't forget folks the breeders cup this year it's at churchill downs in the second spot of course i like to look like the winner at the eighth pole Farrell, the speed horse Horse for course, another one that likes Churchill Downs. Got the second spot in third was Mopatism, who was at 9-2. to two. And in the Stephen Foster, a win in your in for the Breeders' Cup Classic. Well, at 6-1, to one, Pavel from Doug O'Neill's barn, Redham Racing, Mario Gutierrez. Remember those names? Yeah, you've seen him a few times in the winter circle at Churchill Downs. Uh, coming in from Santa Anita. Got the job done, pulled away easily. Pavel, remember that name because you're probably going to see him in the Breeders' Cup. We know he likes Churchill now. Winning your in in the Stephen Foster, a grade one worth a half a million. In the second spot, Honorable Duty, who was coming in off some mysterious races. 
2017, made a nice debut in 18, got the second spot, and in third was claimer of the year at 68 to 1, Matru, getting the third spot, that long shot. All right, well, that's enough about what we did last week and national news. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to not only Kentucky Derby winning jockey, but Ohio Derby winning jockey, Mike Manganello. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and uh, with me, a man I've always admired, and luckily I got to know and can consider him a friend, and that is former rider Mike Manganello. He will be celebrated on Saturday at Thistledown in the 50th anniversary of his win of the Ohio Derby aboard Tay Vega. Ladies and gentlemen, introduced to you, Mike Manganello. Mike, how are you? Uh, pretty good, John. How you been doing? I've been doing great. I've been doing great. Really enjoying life, enjoying uh, the things I'm doing in racing right now. So all is good. And even better than that, I'm going to get to see you uh, this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure Katie will be with you. Uh, let's go yep. back and introduce you to our audience. Uh, you know, when you think about Hartford, Connecticut, you don't think that as being like uh, someplace in Louisiana where it's, uh, you know, uh, the birth of many jockeys. How does a kid from Hartford, Connecticut, end up winning the Kentucky and the Ohio Derbies? Well, it's uh, kind of a long story. I, uh, I was introduced to a, a sports writer at the Hartford Times, and I uh, let him know that I was interested in being, wanted to be a jockey, and he happened to notice Stewart's at Narragansett Park. So 
he sent me to them, and they in turn uh, put me in touch with a very good trainer, Odie Clullen. And um, I went to work for Odie, and eventually uh, he started me out riding. He taught me everything uh, I needed to know. And uh, the rest, um, you know, is just history. Well, I want to know this, you know, uh, kid from Hartford, I'm, I'm guessing probably looked at your size. I'm guessing, guessing maybe you were athletic in high school. What's it like when you actually see a 1,200-pound animal the first time and somebody says, I'm going to make you a rider? Well, I'm, I was pretty anxious about doing it. <laughs> I was not intimidated at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've ridden horses um, on farms and, uh, you know, riding stables in, in Hartford. Uh, but not not any thoroughbreds. And, you know, my introduction to Odie Clon was first time I was around thoroughbreds. Uh, g- give me a funny story of, of the early days, Mike. Can you reach back and grab one that, uh, you know, kind of stands out as far as being uh, uh, humorous more than anything else? Uh, not, I can't think of anything in particular. What were you quite kind of looking for? Uh, just a story that happened in your early days, maybe the first time you got dumped uh, trying to get a horse uh, to a morning workout, something like that. Well, um, well, first of all, the first time I got on, on the racehorse to take him to the track uh, by myself, well, I didn't do quite that well. The horse kind of took off with me, and, um, you know, I, I wasn't able to slow him down until after he went around a couple of times. <laughs> so, but that's just all part of it. So I just hung on and waited for him to slow down. <laughs> I was with a trainer one time and I was watching his horse work out, but he was really rank and, you know, fighting the rider. I said, well, what do you do in this situation? He goes, I've got something for that. He goes, what is it? He said, another mile. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that always works. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, now, obviously, uh, you, from, from those days with Odie, uh, when did you kind of break away when you kind of moved on to the fairgrounds or when you moved up uh, doing the Ohio circuit? When, when did you start really kind of step out on your own and um, make a name for yourself? Well, after I lost uh, my apprenticeship, you know, you'll go through a little tough time. So I was, uh, I happened to be riding for trainer Paul Martino up around Lincoln Downs. And when the meet was over, he wanted to go to Ohio and, um, uh, you know, at Thistledowns and, and try his luck there, asked me if I'd go with him because he liked the way I rode his horses. And it just so happened that um, uh, when I went there, I just kind of hit it off real good. And um, I started riding a lot of horses and started winning a few races. And in the following year, when I went back there, I did even better. You know, I was riding a whole lot more horses. I wound up being leading rider there at uh, Thistledowns and Randall Park, and uh, and I continued with a lot of success there. Uh, I it was kind of painting a picture. Off. Go ahead. I, I was painting a picture earlier for for our listening audience about Randall Park and Thistledown. That it, it, it was it a fact that sometimes at one meet they'd actually like walk horses across Emory Boulevard to get to the other track to get go yeah. to the races. Yes, the horses that were stable at Thistledowns would walk across the street over to Randall Park. It was, they were just right across from each other. And uh, they had a, a you know, special path they went across when they, when they ran over there. 
Yeah, because I, when I got there, I never got to see uh, Randall Park, but I did see the Randall Park Mall uh, that was there across from Thistledown. And I remember I was going through a, a box of photos, or maybe it was during California Chrome's uh, famous year. There was, a, I believe, a picture of you and Art Sherman. Did you ride side by side with him? Yes, yes. We both rode there in, uh, at Thistledown's and Randall Park uh, that year. And, uh, well, actually, a couple years he rode there. And uh, it, R was R was a, a good rider. Not only a good trainer, he was a good rider. Uh, well, uh, also I remember seeing a photo of you holding a plaque, and I think it said the Thousand Win Club. Was that you and another jockey that the both of you had achieved a thousand wins at the um, Thistledown Randall? Yes, I, it was. Well, I, I think the sign said a hundred, John. It not a thousand. It said a hundred. The hundred club, and it was where we had won a. Hundred races at that uh, at that at that meet. Oh, just at one meet. I, yeah. I thought maybe that was during your career and it was cumulative. Oh no, no, no. That was yeah, No, the sign was the one hundred club. They called it. Okay, well, I remember seeing an old black and white photo of you, and I can't remember yeah. who the other Jack was in that photo. But uh, it was it was, was class. That was Art Sherman. Oh, was it? Yes, that was. Okay, well, then I guess that's the same photo I saw. Well, now from there, I remember watching you win a lot in northern and central Kentucky. So then you kind of, I mean, I, I mean, I know you won the bluegrass and, and, and the derby, but, uh, man, you, you used to kill it uh, at, at Turfway Park, but I'm not sure it was called Turfway then or was it called Latonia? It was Latonia. It was called Latonia at that time. And you were the leading rider there on numerous occasions, weren't you? Uh, yes, I was. And, uh, you know, also at Churchill Downs, leading rider down there also. I moved my tack down there and did quite well there also. Well, uh, you, you know, again, the, the, the horses that, uh, you know, that, that, that stand out are, are, you know, obviously Dust Commander at the top. Tell us about Tay Vega and your win in the Ohio Derby. Um, well, I was riding him in Cleveland, um, and, you know, he was running quite well for me. I, I win, uh, you know, the Ohio Derby on him, and, uh, and we took him to, also took him to Chicago, run him in some stakes in Chicago. He's a re- real good grass horse, and, uh, he, he went some stakes up there, uh, and, you know, he also, he was my first mount in the Kentucky Derby. I wind up riding five horses in the Derby, and he was my first one. Um, you know, a, a horse that I always loved, because I believe she went on to be pretty influential, and I, this could be Crimson King Farm, correct me if I'm wrong, but you rode TV Vixen, didn't you? Yes, I did. Uh, she was a really nice mare, and uh, she was Michigan bred also, and we run her in every Michigan state up there those for a couple years and she she's never been defeated up there she's she would just run off with them but she was she went uh she went to black i believe to black helen in atalia park in miami um i didn't ride her at that time i think bernie walt rode her there oh yeah later yeah i i I remember bernie uh now 
you were one of the ones that had a successful transition up to the steward stand. If it was if it was up to me, I would make it a racing rule that there should be at least one jockey in every steward stand because what you bring there, you know, the understanding of things that happen out there because you've been there. It's not necessarily somebody, you know, dropping over or closing a hole. Sometimes the horse takes you there and, you know, you're 110 pounds, they're, you know, 1,200 pounds. That's got to be a huge advantage giving you that perception. It is. It is. You've got a better idea of what actually what the rider's intentions are, what they're thinking. And because you were there and you did that. And, you know, you, you add something to the steward stand when, when you have a writer in there. And most places are, are looking at it like that. They're, they're wanting to get a jockey in the steward stand um, at most places now. Well, I, I think it's great. It's, it's a huge advantage. And I, I always enjoyed my days working alongside of you at uh, River Downs and then after the hiatus when it became Belterra Park briefly. Um, but since then, you've really done a lot. I, I can't see look at photos of any fundraiser for the PDJF or, or some kind of benefit in the Lexington area where I don't see a picture of you and Kitty there. You, you've been an outstanding ambassador of the sport, Mike. Uh, yeah, we we you know we we try to participate in, in uh, at all these fundraisers and you know try to get people, uh, you know, interested in making donations. And, you know, we're, we're just part of a bunch of people that that uh, participate in that. Well, I mean, you've been out there. You've you faced the rigors. You've faced the dangers. A lot of you guys shake it off, and everybody says, hey, you got to just forget about it or get out of the game. Uh, what was the worst yeah. injury that ever – what was the worst injury that ever happened to you? Uh, I broke both arms at one time. was Oof. one of them, and – Fractured a couple vertebrae. Um, it, it, it's, that, those were the worst of what happened to me. How, how do you how do you even eat when you've got two broken arms? <laughs> it's when you find out who your friends are. <laughs> and I'm even not going to say the other part of it. But uh, anyhow, uh, as, as Thistledown kind of told you what you're going to be doing, I'm pretty sure you're giving the trophy out for the Ohio Derby, aren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's my understanding I will be presenting the trophy to, um, to the winning owners and jockeys and all. Well, and that, that's, that's quite enough. Yeah, but I mean, especially, you, you know, I mean, I, I've seen you in person. You sure don't look like a guy that it's been 50 years since you won the Derby. And, and quite frankly, share with us briefly, a lot of people don't know about your last mount. And it didn't happen to recognize racetrack, but you went down for a photo shoot at Eric Reed's farm. And I don't know what bug got into you, oh. but you ended up galloping a horse down there, didn't you? Yes, I did. We, uh, I just told him, I, you know, he put me on a horse. I said, let me gallop him around there. And um, so, you know, they let him out to the track, and I just got him around there. And by the time I got around, I was ready to pull up. My legs were hurting, and my knees were hurting, but I, I stayed, stayed up on him and galloped him around there. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed it, really. That's great. Well, I get sore after a trail ride. I, I imagine you felt some of your old aches and pains after that one. Yeah, well, the problem I had was, uh, you know, just it's just instinct. When you get up on a horse, you jack your irons up high, you know, and that's what I've always done. 
And that was a mistake. I should have kept my irons low, and uh, it would have been a lot easier on my, on the legs. But uh, at any rate, I made it around there, and, and uh, it had been 20 years since I had been a ho- on a horse when I was on them. And it'll oh. probably be another 20 years before I get on another one. Uh, I ho- and I hope you do, Mike <laughs> Maganello. All I can say is it's been a pleasure knowing you. It's been a pleasure talking to you tonight. And it's going to be a pleasure seeing you up there uh, at uh, Jack Thistledown on Saturday. So uh, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. And have a great time. We're going to get together for you know, a lot of your old friends. The jockeys have gone on to other careers there. We're going to try to coordinate a group photo. And you will be the centerpiece, Mike Manganello. Well, always good talking to you, John. I'll be looking forward to seeing you up there. All right. Take care. We've been talking with Mike Manganello, a victorious in the 1970 Kentucky Derby aboard Dust Commander and the 1970 Ohio Derby on Tay Vega. All right. Going to take a little bit of a break here, and then we're going to come back and listen to the man that is in charge of giving out his selections at Thistledown, none other than Rich Ruda. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, just got off the uh, phone with a very good man, and I'm back on with another 
none other than the in-house handicapper. I think I've got to update your bio. I, I had you uh, in our files as 10 years. How many years has it been, Rich Ruta? Boy, do you want to, we started in 92 at Thistledown. So I retired from one job, went to that one. So they gave me a pin for 26 years the other day. I don't know if that's a good thing, John. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay. As long as you're not named after one of the memorial races, everything's going okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that one. You know, and it, it it seems like, you know, in our game and for, you know, we've been around a while. Boy, we're losing so many good people, and, and it's a shame. And you know, there just ain't enough races to name people for, but there's some. We lost a good one up, uh, Earl Walker, up at Thistledown this year, and Earl was a good guy, trainer for a long time. He was down at Belt, uh River Downs, I'm sure you met him down there, and he passed away. And it, yeah, it. You know what? On the bright side, there he's he probably left a family that's still at Thistledown: the starter, the clocker, another trainer. You know, the Walker family's been involved forever. So yeah, we lose him. It's a shame, John. It is. And, and on a brighter point, a couple of days away, we got the 84th running of the Ohio Derby. Pretty cool, huh? Very cool. And as I said at the top of the show. Uh, looking uh, at this race, I, I I know this race has been moved around a lot, but I kind of like its placement right now on the racing map because this is kind of the kind of the year where all right everybody went into the locker room after defeat, mm-hmm. they caught their breath, they put their hands on their knees, they said okay go home and get a couple days rest and then come back here, we're going to start training for our next game, and that's kind of where we are. I you know I I would I call it the second season of racing. And all of these horses are going to be pointing towards the Haskell, the Travers, the Jim Dandy. I'm not as well-versed with the races on the West Coast, but you know they're out there for the three-year-olds uh, and ultimately hoping to all meet at Churchill Downs in the Breeders' Cup. So um, you just don't know who you're going to see. You, you could see the next big horse. I really feel that if I rap had not uh, for... Wow. Bizarre, for bizarre physical reasons, had passed away. I think he would have been yeah. a major influence on the racing scene. And he won the uh, Ohio Derby uh, last year in a gutsy game effort and then came back and won other graded stakes races. I think he was going to go on to really big things. So you just don't know. But I really think that this is, I'm calling it a launching pad for the second season. Yeah, I hope you're right. You know what? And and it, it's a shame about a rap too because our grade three status, I rap would have. I think he would have just added to it and maybe uh, supplemented it a little. But John, you know, last year at this time when we ran the Ohio Derby, Gervin, I rap, maybe, maybe Julian Lapperu on I rap, Mike Smith on Gervin, maybe the best Ohio Derby finish I've ever seen. I haven't seen no. all of them. I I actually was at Thistledown. Uh, a long time ago watching, you know, in the 60s watching them. But you know what? I was there when Manganiello won one, but that one was by far the most exciting stretch duel. And you couldn't tell who won. And Mike Smith couldn't tell who won. And I talked to Julian after, and he wasn't sure. And then the the inquiry sign went up, and the stewards wanted to talk to Mike Smith. And Mike Smith kind of like gave him a little cold shoulder there. And, uh... You know what? They sorted it out. They left it alone. It was it was a terrific, terrific race. I, I hope this year's finish is just as good because, you know what? We've got some quality three-year-olds coming. Uh, you know, we're going to have 11 go to post if everything goes well. We do have a 
you know, an early scratch, uh, last drop of wine is out, the outside horse in there for Tony Rini. But, wow, are you talking about some really, really nice three-year-olds coming from all over the country, coming from California, coming from Canada, you know, Oaklawn Park, wherever, and they competed in the Preakness. They competed in the, the Kentucky Derby. They ran on the undercard on Preakness Day. A couple of them ran in the Tampa Bay Derby, which I had a pleasure to be at this year. Um, it's it's a fantastic card. And, you know, I read Artesis coming into town to ride Lone Sailor. How good is yeah. this kid? What a future! What a future for a pair of brothers, huh? I mean, geez, oh man, are they fantastic? Yeah, and and then you've got other guys that are just uh, you know well entrenched in the top jockey kingdom, uh, such as uh, Jose Lescano and from the West Coast, Joe Talamo are going to be there. So you can't tell mm-hmm. me that these trainers aren't serious about winning the Ohio Derby. Yeah, you know, five hundred. They got five hundred thousand reasons to win it. I mean, three hundred thousand dollars <laughs> goes to the winner. Um, when Jack Thistledown got behind the Ohio Derby a couple years ago, I was told three years ago that in a couple years we'll be giving away half a million dollars. And I looked at the fellow that told me, and I said, eh, "I've heard that. Heard stuff like that before. You know what I mean? Boy, they have stepped up to the plate. The five hundred thousand. The things they do for the people to come to get them here, what they, you know, they make it as nice as possible. And I can't emphasize, I don't, when I talk to these trainers and I talk to the connections on the phone to try to lure them to Thistledown, the first thing they tell me that they hear from other people in the game is you've got a great racing surface up there. And when you've got a nice three-year-old, you want to run on a nice racing surface. And kudos to our guy, John Bano, who keeps our track in tip-top shape and you know even with the he was there this morning i was there this morning and he's already preparing if the weather gets bad he knows what he wants to do and he's hoping for a break in the weather and unless we have something really really nasty we'll have a nice track on you know come time for the race and if he gets an hour hour and a half before with no rain john will john will spruce it up and get it fast so it's going to be a good day. We're looking forward. What a good undercard, John. Two stake races, two Ohio stake races. I mean, you know, it's it's as good as it gets. It's going to be a wonderful day. I'm glad you're coming up, by the way. Well, thanks. I'm looking forward to it. Now, let me ask you a question. Sounds like you're close to, to the, the fact, and I know that you're there capping every day, is when Thistledown gets wet, uh, does it favor speed horses uh th- does it favor routers uh is there any kind of bias when the track gets wet because i'm trying to adjust my handicapping for saturday well adjust it this way if it gets sloppy like most racetracks in the country it favors speed because horses don't like the stuff getting kicked back at them you know finding a spot tucking in getting try, you know trying to stay away from that stuff and some of these horses even though a lot of them are seasoned you know, unless they were at Churchill Downs on Derby Day or at the at the old hilltop on Preakness Day, they haven't they haven't seen this kind of weather, man. They them two tracks got just got deluged those days. So you know what? It'll be it's going to favor speed if it's a sloppy track. Now, if it's bad all day and gets turned over between the races, and I know you know what I mean by that. And gets a little heavy, then I could, then I would say I would look for somebody to come from off the pace. But John's going to have some time between races to work, 
and while he does that, while he works on the track and he has enough time and there is a break in the weather, if it's, if it's wet, it's going to favor, like most tracks, I believe anyway, John, do favor speed when they get that way. I don't know what you think, but that's what I think. Well, I, I do agree with you. I've seen uh, uh, track records set on off tracks mm-hmm. because the hoof goes right through and all, it grabs that base. You know, it's not cushion anymore. It goes mm-hmm. whoosh, right through, you know, the, the shoe grabs it and it propels the horse forward. And like I said, I've seen many a track record in my neck of the woods set on an off track. Uh, so, you know, I, I just want to know because that really pushes me one way in the, in, in, in the, and, of course, of course, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure we're the, we're, we're going to be race number nine on the program that day. Post time will be about five ten. You'll get a glimpse of four or five races prior to that with the weather being one way, you know, unless there, you know, unless, if there's a break in the weather right before the race, it might make a difference. But if closers are winning, I mean, you got to take that into consideration. If they're winning up to that race, you would think it's it's going to stay that way. But if it's just sloppy and we get rain and it rain, even if it rains most of the day and they keep, you know, scraping the track and doing stuff with it, it's still raining. So by the time they get out on the track for the post parade and go around, yeah, it's carrying speed. It's going to carry speed, you know, unless for some reason it gets heavy, heavy, which I don't see happening. The track itself I'm talking about, it'll carry speed. It, it just, it's just easier on a horse. It's easier on the jockey. I don't know. You know, a great question we could ask Mike Manganiello is, you're on, you're on a horse coming from behind on a sloppy track. You weigh in at 122. When you get off the horse, what do you weigh when, when all that stuff's hitting you and sticking to you and everywhere, you know? So it's, it's, it, it plays. It plays a part in our game, unfortunately. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, an, I'm the eternal optimist about this stuff. We're going to have a nice Saturday. I could be wrong, but right now I'm saying we're going to have a nice, something's going to happen. We're going to have a nice Saturday. So well, that's what you, I'm hoping you, for. You know, I hope you're right because you know me. I want to be out there with my cameras slung yeah. over my shoulder, uh, taking down the action. Now, with that said, we're going to get to the Ohio Stakes because they're good ones, but we're talking about the Grade Three Ohio Derby, half a million. And, you know, with the information you just gave me, because I was kind of going between <clears throat> three horses, <clears throat> I've got to say, really, if you look at resumes, if this was a job interview, um, Flame Away is a two-time graded stakes winner. He's Uh a two-time winner, well, on off tracks. He's won on sloppy, and he's won on muddy. And he's a son of Scat Daddy, who might be the hottest friggin', you know, deceased sire in the world. Um, That, uh, you know, with that tactical speed or the ability to just go to the front and start kicking the things back, Jose Lezcano, his regular riders coming in. I mean, put a line through his derby, I see this horse as even money. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I think he will be the favorite with with Lone Sailor maybe as the second choice in there. I was like, you know, John, we were talking. I said I was at the Tampa Bay Derby, you know, uh, March 10th. I was down lucky enough to be in Tampa, got to the Derby, had a great seat for the Derby. And, uh, flame, you know, Flame Away came up a little short that day, but with a world of trouble. I mean, a world of trouble. And 6-1 to one that day, I was, oh, John, I'm not telling you how I was chomping <laughs> at the bit to get to the window. When I saw the six to one, I said, man, this, this horse is, you know, he comes out winning the Sam Davis. You know, he, he won the race before the kitten's joy. 
he ran good as, you know, as a two-year-old. He likes any kind of track, takes his track with him. He was at Tampa already and won over that track, which they say you always need a race over the Tampa surface before you go there, and he had one. And, man, Quip, Quip got him. Quip, Quip just got the much better trip that day. This, this horse came back and ran really good against Good Magic the next time out in the bluegrass. That was a really, really good race. Good Magic went on to give Justified a real good effort. You know, I mean, that was a good effort. He, he made him work to win, and, and I give him a lot of credit for that. And, uh, you know, it, yeah, you're picking the horse. That you're, pick, you're talking about the horse that's probably going to be the people's choice that day in the betting. I, I can see Flamo. He's just carrying the credentials of Mark Cassie. Jose Lescano's coming in for the variety, and he knows the horse really well. Um, yeah, you're talking about the sire. I agree with you, boy. Scat Daddy is something else. You know, it, we, we're we talking about horses like that and Lone Sailor and Title Ready, who comes out of the Asmussen There barn. you go. There's my trifecta. Uh, is it really? Wow, yes. cool. cool. Well, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't talk before this. And, and, you know, I'd really like to ask Steve Asmussen. I won't get the chance, but I'd like, I, I was really hoping to see his go-to guy, Ricardo Santana, come, come along with yes. the horse. Um, yeah, and I'm kind of wondering if he's right. I'm going to look, you know, I'll get the form tomorrow for Saturday. I'm going to look and see what he's doing Saturday if he's somewhere else. I'm surprised he didn't come to ride that horse because I think Kyle Reddy is that kind of horse. Bringing a jockey to town, I've always thought this for the Derby, John, our Derby. The first guy in is there for a reason. Peter Erton came in with core beliefs on Tuesday ah. to the track. Yeah, he, he, he showed up on Tuesday. Joe Talamo's coming across the country to ride, and he's no slouch. And that race in the Peter Pan last time out was, was very solid. Stumbled at the start. And, you know, when a horse stumbles, and then he goes and he opens up two lengths, turn him for home. And I thought, boy, this is a really nice effort. Well, you know what? He couldn't hold on. But that happens. When they stumble at the start, that's trouble. The race before, Justified, Bolt the Oral. Nice horses, John. Justified, yeah, pretty nice horse, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm happy we didn't get him on the Noms for the Ohio Derby. We'd have had a, walk, we'd had a walkover. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I called... Uh, the, I didn't talk to Bob Baffert specifically, but when we were looking for horses for the Ohio Derby, I called and uh, got one of his assistants and said, hey, you know, you're looking at the Ohio Derby, you got anything for the Ohio Derby? And the, the guy basically said to me, he says, man, nobody's come down to earth yet to look at other races. We're just enjoying what just happened. So I give him all the kudos in the world. Justify was, was really fun to watch. I was rooting for him in uh, the Belmont. You know, and it'll be fun to see him in the fall classics because he's some of the horses coming out of the Ohio Derby will find him somewhere, either in the Haskell or the Travers. I, I guarantee that if Justify runs in those races, some of these horses are going to end up there. Well, you know, and again, looking down his shed row, like you said, their head's still spinning. I'm sure Baffert's got three or four horses that could easily fit (laughs) into the Ohio Derby. Well, anyhow, I gave you my top pick, Flame Away. I really think that, uh, you know, Lone Sailor's got to come from out of it. That seems to be his running style. My problem with him, Rich, is he's eligible for non-winners of two, which all of a sudden kind of moves my eye a little bit uh, towards title ready, 
But I wish that Axeman ran better down at Churchill over the weekend. He put in a clunker. Had Axeman won that race at Churchill, the Matt win, I would have been all over title ready at 10 to 1. So I've got to keep core beliefs in there. Uh, you, you know, again, you just pointed out the company he's been keeping, uh, Blended Citizen, uh, you know, Justify, Bolt the Oro, uh, with Talamo giving up all his mounts out at Santa Anita to come into here. You know, that's the way I see it. So I'm keying Flame Away over Lone Sailor, Title Ready, and Core Beliefs. I want Rich Ruda's pick in the Ohio Derby. Well, you know what, John? I'm going to bring you brought up an interesting fact about Lone Sailor being, an, uh, you know, eligible for non winners or two. I went to the Preakness in some of my handicapping, and we saw Justify, and in the Preakness, I thought, until Mike Smith talked after the Preakness, Mike Smith said he had plenty of horse he could have won by anything, any not anything he wanted, but as easy as he wanted. He knew that he was never in jeopardy. Well, I saw the race a little differently and saw Bravazo and Tenfold running at him and making a good run at him at the end, and then they went to the Belmont. And Bravazo and Tenfold, not too good. So that's my reason for getting off Lone Sailor. That's absolutely my reason. Deep closer, Irad Ortiz is coming in to ride. So yeah, if you're great. at Thistledown and, and you want to meet maybe one of the, the five best riders in the country right now and one of the up-and-coming, and, you know, from what I hear from everything I've talked to, everybody I've talked to, just a class kid. The, yes, he the is. The two brothers are tearing, tearing up Belmont Park and anywhere they go. I, I watched him at Gulfstream. I watched him at Keeneland this spring. I mean, they're just doing fantastic. He's coming in to ride. The horse ran, ran creditable in the Preakness, but the Preakness set up for a closer. And, and you know what? There were two other closers that did better than him. And, and I was kind of surprised at that. Flame well, listen, on my Rich, give me your picks because we got to get on to those two okay. Ohio races, man. All right, I'm with you. Um, I'm title ready. I'm dead on title ready. Been on title ready. I, like I said, I wish Santana would have came into town to ride. But the kid that's riding him rides for Ashmisson, and you know, in the winter down at Oaklawn Park and all over. So uh, C.J. McMahon, I follow the name. I don't follow him much, but he's coming in. He's got to be. Very good rider. I'm going to use him, Flame Away, Core Beliefs, and there's a horse at Thistledown, training at Thistledown, Trigger Warning, who went up to Prescott Downs and won a stake race up there. In the barn of Mike Roan, he's been working well at Thistledown. Mike tells me the horse just wants to run all day, so he'll be my shot to go in on that ticket. So it's title ready, Flame Away, Trigger Warning, Core Beliefs for me. I love Mike. I really do, but I'm not sure that Trigger Warning wants any part of a mile and an eighth. Rich, we only got four minutes left. We're putting 10 pounds in a five-pound bag. Let's go to the race of most interest for me, the George Lewis Memorial, a super rematch between the mayor now, Leona's Reward, against Eight the Hard Way, two of the hardest knocking horses uh, in the state of Ohio. Yeah, really, really a good race, and both out of uh, Tim Ham's. Fold, you know, I mean, uh, you know, they both started with Blazing Meadows, you know, uh, one of the better claims ever, ate the hard way, when um, Glenroy Brown became the trainer and Paul Groves, they took that horse from Tim, and he's been super. This this mare went and won this race last year, did the same thing last year, tried to George yep. Lewis, beat the boys, they're back, and you know what, I, 
I saw the noms for both races, the boys' race and the girls' race. I thought Leona's reward, the money's the same. I thought Leona's reward would have a little easier time in the girls' race. But he's going at it again. It's going to be fun. But, I want, you know, sprinting last time out, Leona's reward was super, beat a very, very, very nice horse in True Cinder who came back to win. So Tim Ham knows what he's doing. You get Pablo Morales coming into town. That's a two-horse race. That's your exact in there. They can run, both of them. Okay, now that's going to be the fifth race at George Lewis Memorial. Now, just as she did last year, Leona's reward decided to not take on the girls in the J. William Petro Memorial. And I got to guess that she's trying to stay away from either Nikki, my darling, or school board Prez, who I read Ortiz is going to take for a tour around the track. Yeah, Doug, Doug Matthews has done a really nice job with school board Prez. I mean, a really nice job. Nikki, my darling, a, talking to Ronnie. I get to talk to Ronnie Luch on a regular, regular basis. He, this was probably the highest he's ever been on a Philly that he had in Ohio. Nikki, my darling, has run, you know, came out in the engine R and ran a clunker at 50 cents to a dollar. I mean, a clunker. Jeff will have, Jeff Rodasevich will have this horse much keener, much red, much more ready. This is second start of the year for this one. He's been working well. Louis Cologne knows the horse. He's he got the inside post. He's going to go to the lead in there. They're going to have to catch him. Yeah, they're going to have to catch him. Um, proper discretion is another luch horse on the outside who's got a ton of speed. I don't see him going killing each other. You know, I don't see them going at each other. School board prez in the Anginora. Really didn't run all that well, I didn't think. Uh, Dean Service came in to ride, and I think Dean's as good as anybody in Ohio, John. Now they're riding Irad. Distance fits. Uh, another one. This one's third start off of the year. Third start off a layoff, which is a huge angle of mine. I go back to his race before at Arlington Park that came off the turf. Big second. Nice horse. Nicky, my darling, they're going to have to catch, John. I think he's going to be ready for today. All right. Well, we've been talking with Rich Ruda. You're going to get to watch him on air Saturday uh, at Jack Thistledown. Rich, thanks a lot for being with us, uh, and I look forward to seeing you live and in person on Saturday. See you, buddy. See you soon. Can't wait. Bring the good weather with you. I'll do my best. All right. Well, I want to thank Mike Manganello. want to thank Rich Ruda. want to thank our producer, Josh By Gosh. Most of all, I want to thank you. If you like the show and you got a friend who missed it, tell them, hey, it's going to be on podcast. Listen to these guys. They actually at least sounded like they knew what they're talking about. So for Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.